0: So we're actually doing 500 and we're we're bidding on a big 20,000 patient trial right now. So we're, we're, we've given them like a sliding scale. So they're actually paying low numbers for that. But for us, it'll be like a $2 million contract over the next couple of years.
1: You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public.
0: We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the
1: past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO, Frank Bean, before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Danny Lieberman. He's a solid state physicist by training serious amateur musician and tech entrepreneur developing automated detection and response for virtual clinical trials. Danny, you ready to take us to the top?
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: So, first, explain what a virtual clinical trial is.
0: So, actually, today a virtual clinical trial is any clinical trial because in the time of Corona, everybody is like uh, not coming to uh, to hospitals and research sites. So that means that a lot of uh, use of digital channels, uh, more and more connected devices. And uh, so, maybe two years ago, um, virtual trials was a big deal. Today, it's like you know everything is is practically virtual.
1: And so, who's typically paying for this? Big R and D firms inside of healthcare providers.
0: Um, our customers are drug and device companies. Uh, we're working with uh, companies like uh, um, Stryker, which is a big uh, medical device company. We were very fortunate, and one of our early um, uh, stage customers was acquired by them, so we got. By default, we got a big big customer uh, uh, Google Health, uh, Amgen on the West Coast, and a bunch of uh, small Israeli biomed, biotech companies.
1: And help me understand how you charge them.
0: So, um, we're a SaaS company. So, basically, we do um, uh, until we started, we went from zero to one in January 2019. And uh, our model was, because we wanted to get our foot in the door, was basically charge a, a setup at and a, and a fixed monthly cost between 15 and 2,500 a month depending on modules. And, um, and just have unlimited usage for that. We thought that was like a killer model at the time. Um, of course, the bottom of our uh, market just dropped out in, two, uh, in February 2020. And things just totally changed. And we started thinking about our pricing model. And so now we're charging per patient, which actually is really great because for small projects, like for 10, 20 patients, it's really cheap for the customer. And for the big ones, it, it scales well because um, a clinical trial, um, a drug or device company will spend anywhere from ten to $20,000 per patient. So $500
1: a patient is not a big deal. And is that what you're charging right now, 500 per patient?
0: Yeah, so we're actually doing 500, and we're we're bidding on a big 20,000 patient trial right now. So we we've given them like a sliding scale, so they're actually paying low numbers for that. But for us, it'll be like a two million dollar contract over the next couple of years if we get that, it.
1: That's great. And how many patients have gone through your system today, where brands are paying 500 bucks per patient?
0: So uh, we just started that like the end of um, Q3 uh, 2020. Uh, so we're having like um, so we did like. 287 in our first year, so
1: 287 patients.
0: $287,000. So oh, that's it. like, that's like the equivalent of like, uh, say 500. So it's like about 600 patients. And, and to now we've done over almost almost 7000. Um. Yeah, so it's, it's scaling up really nicely.
1: So just to be clear, you finished 2019, you did about $287,000 that year in revenue. In 2020, what was total revenue?
0: 320,
1: 320. And what do you think you'll do uh, this year?
0: So we have uh, our bookings for Q1 is 400. So oh wow! We're, we're going very quickly. And you have to understand that in 2020, basically, we didn't have a Q1, Q2, because Corona just basically killed our business. And it was like, end of February, I'm coming to work. And I'm thinking, okay, what's going to, what's going to happen now? So
1: yeah, and so, is this truly recurring revenue, though? I mean, once someone's puts 100 patients through you and they do the trial, don't they then stop and churn?
0: So, that's a really good question. Um, typically, um, life science companies will do uh, a minimum of uh, four trials. So, they were phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. And, and sometimes, many times, a pilot, a small pilot like 10, 20 patients before phase one. Um, so, we've, uh, we've actually. Um, out of uh, 25 customers, we only lost one. And it was our fault. We fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they actually came back to us um, last week. So that's good news. Um, so um, really. Um,
1: there's so Danny, last month in December of 2020, then how much monthly recurring revenue did you do in that month? Last month?
0: We did about, um, about 40.
1: That's great. Okay, good. So do you think you can break the million dollar run rate this year?
0: If we work hard, yes.
1: That's good. And have you bootstrapped this or raised capital?
0: It's bootstrapped, totally.
1: Okay. Congratulations. Yes. That's, That's exciting. Right.
0: Yeah. And that includes Corona time. So I'm like, I'm sitting in my office with my partner in the in the end of February and we're saying, well, what the fuck is going on? What's going to yeah.
1: happen? Now, did and you put your own capital in the business?
0: So I put my own capital into the business. And, um, and what happened was end of 2019, we had a VP business that I fired his ass because he wasn't doing cold calling. And, um, and I had no idea that, uh, you know, I figured, okay, you know, we'll take some time. we will going to get a better person who is happy to cold, call people. And then, you know, Corona happened. So we had to take, we're between a rock and a hard place. And I did probably the most counterintuitive thing I've ever done in my life, which is I stopped selling. We stopped selling and we just doubled, uh, doubled down on the, uh, on the product development. And we started telling people about what we were doing. And it turns out that that was an amazing way of marketing the product, just to tell people what we were working on.
1: And what's your team size today?
0: So we have four people, four and a half, actually. So we have a project manager who's like a halftime person uh, who came to us from one of the banks. And she's actually officially retired, but she's not retired with us.
1: And Danny, are you guys, are you profitable today? Are you break even?
0: So uh, we lost money in 2019 and uh, Q4, we made money. So my accountant tells me we're paying taxes. So I guess (laughs) we're (laughs) probably
1: got it. That, that is a good way to know if you're profitable or not. Now you just listening to your language, are you a tough guy to work for?
0: Am I a tough guy to work for? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Um, I'm a tough guy to negotiate with. Uh, but, uh, I think that, um, the team is, um, a small team. And um, I wrote a post about this, about the importance of speaking softly. And um, that has to do with the fact that I'm a jazz musician and I play um, in a large jazz ensemble. So if you play very loud, people can't hear uh, can't hear themselves and you can't hear other people. So in a small tech team, uh, any size tech team really, but today four or five people can create great software. Um, you need to speak really softly and listen, and that means um, paying attention to other people and not just yelling because you think you have the the best uh, the best idea in the block.
1: You did two hundred eighty seven thousand dollars in your first year in business across five hundred patients. It's not easy going from zero to five hundred patients. How did you do that?
0: Well, it's like uh, I mean we went from zero to one in in like um, actually went from zero to three customers in uh, in two months. It was
1: just word of mouth. so no uh, Danny, come on it's not word of mouth if, if it was word of mouth, any company that ever launched would just magically by word of mouth get through their first no, three that's, customers.
0: That's, that's a bullshit answer. I'll give you the real answer. the real answer was that I was doing uh, medical device security consulting for several years and um, and I already had my um, I, um, I already had a number of customers and this the idea for doing automated uh, detection, is basically a cyber idea, and uh, we had a customer who was like spending six months cleaning data, and I said, "What? What the fuck are you doing cleaning data?" Because I said, "Well, there's a lot of data." I said, "Give me a break. You have 180 patients. You have 25 research sites in the U.S. That's not a lot of data. A lot of data is my mobile operators in Central Europe with 10 10 million mobile subscribers. Right? That's a lot of data. Okay. And they said, "But you know, we're doing it with paper, and it's very hard." So, I'm, and I had like this like you know, light bulb moment that we could automate detection of anomalies. And that's what we did. So I went back to two or three of my medical device customers. I said, look, we have an idea. And they said, it's a great idea. Um, so we'll, we'll work with you and we'll help you develop this idea if you give us like a really great deal on collecting data. Mm-hmm. So I said, fine. So we got a, Got an open source system for collecting data and we we you know, worked hard and we put it online. So and, that open source
1: um, that open source uh, sort of package was your first foray into building Flask Data. Are you still using a lot of open source code at Flask Data?
0: We are, actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was actually our foot in the door because if we had not had that, we probably would have never gotten started.
1: How do you think uh, about supporting the open source community? Do they hate the fact that you're monetizing open source software that a bunch of people contributed to? And are you contributing code back to the open source plan?
0: So we're contributing code back for that product, and now we're on uh, that project, and we're on another project, an amazing project started by some people from Facebook, which we really love. Um, and um, so we're talking about improving, we're beginning to contribute back to that project, and, and the, the code, you know, the uh, maintainer of the code is, is, I think, is excited about our ideas and um and we believe in open source i mean coming from the security community uh, more eyeballs is better right
1: how do you how do you so, make sure that relationship um, stays good i imagine someone that builds open source code um,
0: it's really important for us to do that that's part of our i, get, I think that's part of our our,
1: our philosophy Danny, how do you keep a good relationship, though, with whoever created the open source code? I imagine they can look at you. They listen to this podcast. They go, wow, he's making $300,000 per year on open source code. We got a bunch of people to commit to and and donate sort of for free. How do you make sure you balance that relationship? Uh,
0: So, first of all, by by giving back. Um, Second of all, from a customer perspective, by giving them a good solution, because uh, most of the time when you're working with a closed source system, it's, it's very hard to support uh, with open source. You, um, you can find problems and fix them. And when you fix the problems, you, you fork it and you put a pull request back into GitHub and you send it back. And, and people are grateful for that, I think.
1: Danny, this is good stuff. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Excuse me? Favorite business book.
0: Favorite business book. Ah, favorite business book. Um, um, God, it's not luck.
1: It's not luck. Number two is there a CEO you're following or studying?
0: Um. Well, I I was at Andy Grove. I work for Intel, so I, I'm like a big fan of Andy Grove.
1: Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Flask data? GitHub. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night?
0: Hours of sleep.
1: Yep. Seven. And what's your situation, Danny? Married, single, kiddos? I'm um, uh, married. Uh, married plus four. Four kids, wow. And how old are you? How old am I? Yep. I'm uh, 70. 70, love that. Okay, last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20?
0: What was I wishing when I was 20?
1: Something you wish you knew when you were 20.
0: I thought I wish I knew when I was 20. Good question. Mm. Uh, I wish I knew that it was more important to speak softly to people and treat them well.
1: Guys, there you have it, Flask Data. He was doing medical device security consulting for three years and said, you know what? I see an opportunity here. Data, clinical trials launched with a price point ultimately now charges $500 per patient that these big companies like Amgen want to put through Flask Data when they're doing large clinical trials. They did $287,000 in 2019 revenue across 500 patients In 2020 did $320,000 across 600 patients doing $40,000 a month right now, hoping to break a million dollar run rate by the end here of 2021. Danny, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. Thank you for talking to me, Nathan. Have a good one.